Have you ever wanted to explore a real ghost town? Well, odds are you've driven or hiked past remnants of a ghost town or a lost community without even realizing it. I'm Amanda Lamb. In today's conversation, WREL's hidden history reporter, Heather Leah, takes us on an exploration of several ghost towns hidden atop mountains, beneath lakes, deep in the woods, even on an abandoned island. Heather, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So I always enjoy your Halloween content. So thank you for coming and talking to me around Halloween so we can share this with our listeners. So first of all, you know, what is the definition of a ghost town? How does it come about? Yeah, so a ghost town is basically a village or community that was abandoned by the people who lived there. And the ruins are still visible today. And there are, there are ghost towns all over the state uh, in various states of decay. A lot of coastal ghost towns, for example, were abandoned due to wars or hurricanes. And some ghost towns are underneath lakes, uh, which were sold off by residents and then flooded. Um, and we did a whole podcast on towns hidden beneath North Carolina lakes. We uh, did. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, Jordan Lake, Falls Lake, Lake Fontana, Lake Norman, they all have ghost towns underneath them. Uh, and some ghost towns are just ruins out in the woods. Uh, for example, I wouldn't exactly call Umstead Park a ghost town, but there are ruins of a previous community. Sure, sure. Uh, it had its own church and schools and mills. And the Eno River uh, has ruins as well and graveyards. Um so, in general, a ghost town has to have a certain amount of ruins left over for there to be something to explore. Right, something, <laughs> kind of a map, a, a place that was actually there that you can kind of see tangible evidence of. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, for example, Portsmouth Village, it's it's in really good shape. Uh, it's abandoned and it's on an island, only accessible by boat. So it's kind of protected. But some ghost towns are really deep in the woods of the mountains and they're difficult to access and really getting overtaken by nature. And most importantly, I think a lot of people are going to want to know which ghost towns they can visit and explore. So we'll talk about that, too. Absolutely. So tell me, let's first start with some coastal ghost towns. Tell me about Portsmouth Village and Brunswick Town. Yeah, you know, ghost towns have such a different character depending on where they are. If they're in the mountains or on the coast, they'll have a really different history. Uh, the footprints of colonial ghost towns can be found up and down the coast. And a lot of the coastal ghost towns are very old, right? They're older than the ones perhaps in the mountains. Um, a lot of these ghost towns along the coast were destroyed by the dangers of the era of the 1700s and 1800s. Hurricanes, floods, cannon fire, and the wars. Uh, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War actually destroyed several of these towns. Uh, because of that, many colonial ghost towns, uh, again, colonial, I mean, before the Revolutionary sure, War, sure. Uh, have almost no remnants. But Portsmouth Village, it was established on an island in the mid-1800s, and it has a surprising number of surviving structures. It's got a church, a school, a post office, a general store, a historic house, and a life-saving station. Uh, so when you go to that island, you can really see a lot of you know, these these structures that were part of the town. And a, lot, a big reason it was protected from destruction was it was so cut off. Um, you know, 
there was a threat of people attacking it during the Civil War. Uh, when Union soldiers marched down the Outer Banks, many residents fled these coastal towns, uh, which are now ghost towns. Um, but Portsmouth was protected because it was out on an island. It was harder to get to. It was so, harder to right. get to. Um, and so the residents did flee uh, just in case. But... Uh, and a large portion did not return, but it's been pretty protected, and you can go visit that town. It's only accessible by boat, um, but it is a place that you can go and see and walk around. Now, Brunswick Town is also on the coast. That one's even older. It was built in the 1720s. There aren't many things in North Carolina. That date back that far. Right. That, right. that, that we can standing, actually see. That we yeah. can see. No, not a lot of it remains standing, but the town's map is still visible in the footprints and foundations of the town. Um, so you can see the foundations of the shops, homes, you can see the old wells, you can see the graves. And there's even this huge foundation, which was one of the original governor's mansions, and it was Russellboro. So there's the foundation of a governor's mansion out there, uh, and you can see like where the rooms were. You could see which was the living room and the I'm kitchen. I'm picturing it as you're talking about it. You, you have such a vivid description. <laughs> it's great. Thank you. It's cool to see in person. And then... Probably the coolest structure out there is there's this massive skeleton of a church, St. Philip's Anglican Church. It's still standing. Now, a lot of it's gone, but the walls are still there and the, the bones are still there. It is smattered with bullet holes and even cannon fire. Um, it's impressive. It's beautiful. It's got these huge arched windows, and it's got old antique trees with Spanish moss just creating a curtain overhead that just flutters in the wind. Um, British soldiers during the Revolutionary War began spreading rumors that an attack was going to come to this little coastal town of Brunswick Town. And they said it was going to be raised and burned. So residents fled to Wilmington, which was thriving. And in 1776, uh, the British did come through and destroy much of the town. But you can go visit both of these both towns. of these sites. That's fantastic. Well, when we come back, some mountain ghost towns you can explore and even stay the night in. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. Okay, so let's talk about Proctor, Mortimer, and Judson. Yeah. And we're doing the mountains and coasts today, but so you all know there are ghost towns closer to the triangle, and that's they're not as... Um, well like well kept and able to right. be seen but there are some around here too but for the mountains and the coast all right so 
For Proctor, Mortimer, and Judson, these are really hard to access. These aren't ones that you can just easily go to. But I will tell you about one that you can go to. All right, so you have to hike deep into the woods to find the ruins of these ghost towns. They've been swallowed up by the mountain forests, and they are not as well kept as the coastal ones we just talked about. Um, Several of them were destroyed, uh, Judson and Proctor specifically, um, because during World War II, um, the federal government needed to create a dam, uh, and they created Lake Fontana, Fontana Lake, um, in order to get this hydroelectric power for the war. And when they did that, all the residents sold their land, and then they flooded this whole area. So these two towns are really hard to access because any remnants... There's underwater. No, they're underwater, right? Or they're around the lake or down the tributaries, but just completely swallowed up because no, no one can there. get to them. Yeah. But people have been there because there are pictures online. And Proctor was a thriving lumber town. It was on Hazel Creek. It's a lot of it's beneath Fontana Lake. The ruins of the mill are deep in the woods, and they're near Backcountry Campsite Number Eighty Six. I haven't been out here to this very one. specific. <laughs> That's because people have gone out there and found documented it. it. Okay, right. And there's a family cemetery. Um, photos show a pretty big brick ruins from the lumber company's kiln, as well as a sawmill and some other structures. It's really eerie and overgrown because it's so inaccessible. Uh, Proctor is, uh, that's Proctor. There's also uh, Mortimer. It's along Wilson Creek. Again, ruins getting reclaimed by the forest. Uh, But there is a cotton mill and overgrown foundations of crumbling buildings. There are ghost towns out there where I've actually seen schools. So these are just out in the woods, very eerie and overgrown. And Judson's ruins are mostly underwater. Uh, we have done a podcast on the road to we nowhere. We have, that's so right. So that's that that's, story's that's that area. connected, yeah. So there is a ghost town where you can spend the night, right? Where is that? Yes. So oh, if you dare, I would love to do it. Uh, Henry River Mill Village. So this is, in my opinion, the most well-kept ghost town on this list. Um, it's just decayed enough to be creepy. It's probably one of the youngest ghost towns. So it was built in the early 1900s and it was abandoned around 50 years ago. There were a variety of reasons, but mostly economical is is what happened. Uh, So it has a bunch of the original wooden mill houses. It was a mill town and these houses are, most of them are still standing. You can look inside the windows and see, you know, the uh, the windows are boarded up, but you can see the old furniture and creaking stairways, the old fireplaces. Some of them just have mounds of dirt inside. Um, there are overgrown paths and stairways that just go nowhere. Um, outside, you'll just see a, a stone stairway crawling with ivy and it just goes to nothing. There's acres and acres to explore, and there's a two-story brick shop uh, that's there as well. This place is so visually striking and so dystopian looking that it was actually used as District 12 in the Hunger Games movie. So if you watch the movie, you will see... Henry River Mill Village. So if that you're a fan of that movie, that's a place you probably want to visit. <laughs> yes, and you will. I've looked at stills of the movie, and you can recognize. You can recognize like, it. Like there's yeah. a scene where Peta is. I think he's giving the bread to Katniss, and you can see the store behind him. Oh, that's fascinating. Now, of course, this one's supposed to be haunted. Um, some have claimed to see lanterns floating down by the old mill site, ah. and even the silhouette of horses walking by, almost like people are still going to work each day to wow. the mill. 
Okay. Others claim to hear people talking or laughing in the empty homes. Uh, this is a really cool one to visit because you can just buy tickets and they'll give you a history tour and they'll let you just walk around and you can do explore your own and thing. take pictures and then you can stay the night if you want to and they even do ghost tours. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sharing these spooky places with us right around Halloween. This has been the WREL Daily Download, a production of WREL News. Check out my new true crime podcast from WREL Studios, The Killing Month, August 1978, details the investigation into the serial murders carried out by a band of outlaw brothers in Pennsylvania. Episodes one through four are available now wherever you get your podcasts.